I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my teen business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. What's a toolbox? A toolbox is a box full of tools that you use to build something great. Do you want to build your real estate business into something great, something massively profitable and productive? Well, we've got a toolbox for you. Basically, we've collected all the tools that the rock stars of the past have given to us over the years. And uh, many times these tools come in the form of a checklist. They come in a form of a postcard that they're sending out that's very different and extremely effective. Uh, They come in many different forms. And and many of you have gone online to the show notes and downloaded these toolboxes. The challenge is you have to go back through each episode to each show notes on the website and download them one by one. Well, I've put them all together. And I've created the Real Estate Rockstar Toolbox. And I'm giving this toolbox away free. Tons of items of utility from many of our past Rockstar guests. All you got to do is go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. Or make it easy, simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Use the tools that the rock stars are using to make more and more commissions every day. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest coming from Kelowna, BC. I got Mr. AJ Hazzy on the line, and he is turning some heads up that way and, and doing some real things cool things in real estate sales and i'm glad to get them on the line so aj welcome to real estate rock stars right on pat thanks glad to be here my friend hey aj why don't you give everybody a rundown on yourself so they get to know you better sure i've been in the business since uh, 2002 and basically all i've ever done since i was 20 years old and i've had a really interesting career i was with the big boys with royal page and with remax and then in 2008 i started my own brokerage and uh, that obviously coincided with uh, the financial crisis perfectly. So the perfect time to start your own business, of course. Um, but the good news is we uh, got had to get good at what we did if we wanted to survive. So we carved out uh, a couple niches real quick. And uh, since there, it's just been growing, growing like crazy. And now uh, we're at the point now where we're looking to get out there and start doing some franchising and taking our taking our new model across the country. Wow, that's awesome. So what we're going to get into what your niches are and uh, what your model is, 
because I'm very curious. But before we get into that, let's get into some nitty gritty. So you have your own brokerage. And now do you have, is it a team or ridge? Is it just like your team only? Or do you have your team and then you have other traditional agents as well? My team only. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you have your team only. And so how many houses did you sell last year? Last year we did 430. Okay. And what was your, as I like to call it, ECI, your ego commission income on that 430 <laughs> homes? Right. I'm real close to 5 million. 5 million bucks. Notice how I round up. That's what you do when it's ego commission. You round That's up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then, so what's your profit margin? Uh, we try to maintain 22%. Okay. So about a million bucks goes to you. That's right. That's nice. Very nice. And I still sell as well. I don't have to, but I do still uh, do about 40 transactions a year myself. Okay. How do you pick which ones you do? That's 10%. How do you pick the 10%? Well, these are just the folks. I mean, like I said, I've been in the business for 15 years. I've got some really good clients that I've had for the longest of time. And I, you know, I just, I enjoy the, my time with them. I, I enjoy serving them and they do a, you know, a decent bit of volume. And so I, I kind of just have kept my, my favorite 10 or 20 clients and, just work with them. That's great. Well, you just pick them by if they're your favorite or not, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, at this point now, I don't need to sell. But I I, I mean, I got into this business because I love sales. So I still like to stay connected uh, to the sales process. And I like to work with people that uh, that are good for, uh, you know, for, for enjoyment and just you know, getting out there and, and still just staying connected to the guys. That's great. I love it. Yeah. It keeps you fresh, right? It keeps you in the game totally. and fresh. Okay. So the other say 400 transactions, where do those come from? What are your lead sources for buyers and sellers? Well, we've got a ton of different lead sources, but uh, our website is number one. We generate about 200 to 250 leads a month off of the website. And then we do a fairly large campaign on Facebook and probably generate anywhere from 100 to 150 leads a month there. And through Google AdWords, as well, driving those uh, folks back to squeeze pages. We will generate anywhere from uh, 80 to 100 leads a month through Google AdWords. And then, of course, you've got, uh, you know, just marketing to our database of folks that uh, roughly 40% of the deals that we do comes from just our, our database. We've got over 20,000 people in the data. So just staying top of mind to them. We get, a, we get a fair bit of business from that. And so how are you getting, you know, how do you get... 20,000 people in a database, first of all. How do you collect that? Well, with the lead generation, we add anywhere from five to 600 people every month. So, I mean, it's a cumulative effect of, of just generating leads. And, you know, of the 20,000, you know, maybe 1,500 of them are clientele. And then the rest are, are just people that have come through different marketing sources. And, uh, you know, maybe they responded to an article or they came to the website and, uh, you know, asked us a question or converted through any of the number of, you know, lead magnets that we use. And then they end up in the system and we've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good email follow-up system to make sure that they're getting value and that they're continually consuming our content. And every once in a while we send out a blast sending, uh, you know, an email just asking them if they've got any goals or if they're looking to do anything this year. Just short little punchy nine-word emails seem to work really well at eliciting a response. Wow. And, and so... Are the individual agents sending out these emails or do you have a system in place where uh, salaried people are sending out these emails? Great question. So our team is very leveraged. All that our agents do is consult people on buying or selling homes. They don't do any marketing. In fact, we have a marketing team 
that handles all everything from sort of top of funnel stuff like content um, right down to putting out you know those short little punchy emails that I was describing just to try to engage you know engagement type stuff that's all handled by the marketing folks and then when the leads are generated they go to an inside sales department and then the inside sales guys qualify and do the follow-up required in order to book an appointment for the uh, for the consultants. Okay, so this is cool. So you have how many, let, let's just look at the big picture of your of your mothership here. How many people do you have working there? It's 25 people here. And how many are salaried versus uh, commission only? So we've got 10 people on salary. We've got five people that are hybrid, they're licensees, but they get salary plus commission. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, and then you've got 10 straight commission licensees. Okay. And a large portion of your, so I'm just trying to picture this in my head. So of that 10 people that are on salaries, how much of those are towards creating new business and how much of them are like catching the ball and, you know, transaction type people? Mm-hmm. So it's 50-50. We've got uh, five of them in supportive roles and five of them are either in client acquisition or in generating, uh, I guess it's all client acquisition yeah, when you get down I like it. that. So so half of your staff is client acquisition. Obviously place a lot of value on that. Can you take me through the process that, that happens with a lead? Well, let's just say after, because you know, you're getting it a lot of different ways. So let's just say, whether it be through one of your little emails that you send, or it's through Google's Google search engine optimization, you get a lead, right? It says mm-hmm. looking to buy a house, right? Or how much is this house? Let's say yep. what happens? First step is uh, there's a lead coordinator. So this is somebody that puts or gets the lead initially and figures out where it needs to go. So the first thing they do is they do a research on the person's name, cross check it against the database. If they've worked with a agent in our office in the past, then they know to give it directly to that agent. Also, they'll do an, go through an enrichment process where they'll check to see if there's other contact information that we can grab, uh, try and pick up, you know, look them up on social media, see if we can grab a few things and create a more complete profile on the person mm. and then uh, get that over to our inside sales agents. Wow. Okay. So let me, let me stop you right there. Cause that's, that's pretty cool right there. So the person that's collecting this lead, the salaried person is looking, mm-hmm. it's just Google searching them, looking them up on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, whatever to find out who they are. Maybe mm-hmm. even find out where they live, right? Uh, yep. As much information. Now, what, now, what kind of information are they passing along to the next person? Like how much is too much? What's pertinent? Well, we want to know, uh, for starters, if they currently own a home. We want to know if we can get an address on them because it allows our guys to follow up with a personal note after the call. Uh, we also want to see if we can get multiple phone numbers for the person. And, uh, and just kind of understanding the demographic, who they are. So, I mean, knowing kind of basically their age, whether they're a boomer or millennial, that kind of thing. Male or female is helpful too. Some of the names are androgynous. You don't know uh, whether you're dealing with a guy or a girl. It's important to know. So we're just trying to get a more complete picture of who the person we're about to call is. And we, if depending, I mean, the majority of our leads come through our website. So we have a pretty good sense of what their um, behavior on the website's been. Our website tells us a lot of stuff about what listings they're looking at and where they're, where they've been spending their time. So we have a pretty good sense of it. Okay. 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 So now what happens? Then the inside sales agents will uh, make the first attempt. We try to have the, our first attempt within 12 minutes of the lead coming in. I mean, 12 minutes. Role. Okay. Yeah. That's the standard. The goal is five. The standard is 12. Okay. And, uh, you know, we know that 
our chances of booking an appointment with them or even just connecting with them in general goes up exponentially if we can contact them while they're still sitting in front of their computer. Yep. So that's a real important piece. Then uh, inside sales agents will reach out and whatever the, you know, try to fulfill the request in some way, but there's a reciprocity that takes place. So they, um, you know, they have a bit of a script that most well, not a bit of a script. It's a very detailed script where they ask questions. They want to know if the person's a first time home buyer, if they have a home to sell first, they want to know if they are currently working with an agent, you know, if everything works out perfectly, when do you hope to be in your new home buy things like this, uh, really to drill down on the timing and to determine whether or not the person represents immediate opportunity or whether they're a nurture. So there's three outcomes of each lead. Either they represent immediate opportunity and we book them on an appointment. The over-under is they're going to do something in the next six months. If they're going to do something in the next six months, we'll book an appointment. If it's six months to a year, they go into a nurture campaign. And if it's, we were just curious because we're nosy neighbors or we were, uh, you know, we just really want to know what our house was worth or whatever the case is, there's lots of duds. And we just put them into a long-term follow-up, which really just means they represent no current opportunity, but we want to stay in touch with them and provide value. So they eventually choose us down the road. Okay. And uh, they book the appointment, then what? So they book the appointment and a message will go out to the agent. So they have all the agent's schedules open so they know who's free and when. So they'll you know, try to book a date, time, and place with, with the customer. And, and use a, I mean, these guys, they use their discretion. They try to figure out which one of our agents would be the best suited to handle it. So it's not just based on availability and it's not a round robin. We don't believe in that. We really believe that it should go to the agent. We, we talk about a client first philosophy. So, I mean, if this client's rapid and they talk fast and they look like they're, they need somebody that can match them at that level, they'll go to one of our more, uh, you know, our stronger, so higher D agents. And if they are, um, you know, a little more relaxed in their demeanor and you can tell they need a little more nurturing and they're going to need someone that's going to hold their hand more, they might go to one of our more sort of, uh, aesthetic type realtors, you know, that are a little more sensitive. So we try to match them with the right personality profile. Once the, once the thing is booked, they try to book it within 48 hours because that's going to greatly increase the show up rate. If you go out past 48 hours, your no show rate will go from 20% to say 50% just by, you know, pushing it too far out. And always the meetings happen here in the office unless the person has a home to sell. And then we have a, we, we make every attempt to meet them in their home. Hmm. Okay. And let's get in some nitty gritty with these agents. So what do you pay? Like what, if I, if I'm an agent on your team, right, what can I expect split wise? Sure. That's a good question. Um, one thing though, I should say is that once that appointment is booked, everybody is working off the same presentation, which the team provides. And we do a lot of training on that presentation and we track everybody's conversion numbers and there's a standard, you know, you need to convert at 80% or better. So we've got, you know, pretty. So you, okay, uh, wait a minute. So, so you get this lead, right? And obviously it's gone through this filtering process. So it's mm-hmm. well beyond a lead. At this point, it's like a major referral, right? It's like the best referral of your life. 80% to sign. So that's we, a lot of pressure. Whether we're, yeah, fair enough. These guys are well trained, though. I mean, whether we're working with buyers or sellers, we've got an awesome presentation and that presentation leads them to agree that we're the best suited to handle the sale for them. And at the end of that, we just say, you know, are you ready to move forward? And if they say, yeah, I said, great, there's some paperwork we have to go through. Um, you know, it's interestingly enough, Pat, our new agents, when they first come out of training, they'll go their first 15 or 20 
without missing one. They'll sign everybody. It's only when they start to deviate and try to make the system their own and they try to they try to add a little flair to it, you know, the behind the back pass that they start to you start to see their numbers drop down to 60, 70, 75% conversion. The ones that have been with us for years, they have the worst conversion. You'd think it'd be the other way around, but you know what? It's our newbies crush it on conversion because they just follow the script. They follow the system. The system works. But that's key. You got to have a good system for them. Wow. So now I can answer your question about uh, yeah, please. Flip. I wanted to make sure that that <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. That's the big piece of it, right? Because uh, these are trained; these are like Marines in the Marine Corps, right? These are these are trained veterans when they get this lead, right? It's like they they've got the training, just like someone in the Canadian Army would have, you know, training. If you throw them, you put them in a situation, they're going to know what to do. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't we don't let these guys get in front of people until they've gone through a ton of training and a bunch of testing to make sure. I mean, we make them video, uh, you know, video record their their presentation, and our senior partnership will watch it and see if they're ready. There's a fair amount that goes into it before they're allowed to, you know, get in front of a person that's uh, comes through our systems. So, all right. So now you want to know what the uh, what the yeah, what kind of what kind comp, of money, what kind comp of plan. yeah, comp. So we don't we don't do splits, and you know you, you'll hate me here for this. It'll take longer than you want. But the uh, the comp plan here is a little complicated. So number one is if they generate the lead, which means we call that center of influence. So if that anything that replaces the function of marketing essentially. So yes. if we don't have to market and bring it through inside sales. We can treat we treat that as COI, and also the deals they do that are repeat and referral afterwards. Even if they were team team generated originally, they are also considered COI for the purposes of our comp plan. We do those at fifty fifty. Okay. 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 Now, the Fair deals, enough. The, the deals that are done through team generated, they are flat consulting fees. The way we look at it is they're not handling the whole sale, so we don't we don't look at it as a as a uh, as a split. We say, okay, there's different people that are handling it at different times. So, you know, you've got your inside sales agents. They get a piece. They get a flat fee, usually 500 bucks for every one of these. Then the consulting piece. For hours now, our average sale price, as you guys know, is uh, right around half a million bucks. And our commission structure in Canada is a little different, but a half a million dollar sale represents roughly a ten thousand dollar commission. Okay. For your for your one end, if you yep. double end it, obviously it's twice twice that. Okay. So the team generated stuff, we try to keep the cost of sale to the agent themselves right around the thirty three to thirty five percent range. This is how we're able to spend as much as we do on marketing. Look, we spend half a million dollars a year generating leads, and then we've got you know the world's greatest inside sales team making calls in addition to that we've got people leveraging the inside sales guys so they can make more calls so and all that takes capital so we you can't give half away and i think that's where a lot of teams go wrong is that they work the 50-50 thing as the you know their baseline and then they give them even more on their coi which right. just unfortunately is not sustainable i've tried that i've had a team since 2005 and i did it the wrong way until 2012 and i can tell you there's just <laughs> You cannibalize yourself doing it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So what is we the percentage then that they would get? Well, so it basically, the way it works is we try to give these guys enough opportunity that they can easily do three transactions a month from the team-generated stuff we give them. Yep. And then we help support and grow their business so they can quickly get up to speed where they're able to do two or more on their own, on their own COI. So 60% of our deals are team-generated, 40% are COI. And so our average guy sells about five homes a month. Like last year, we had three or four people did in the 70, 80 deals range. Nobody does less than 45 deals a year here. No, wait a minute. So, Let me slow that down too. Listen up, guys. You got 10 agents, right? Nobody does less than 45 deals a year. I mean, that is a ton of deals. 
for one agent, right? I mean, mm -hmm. what a great thing. Okay, so keep going. For those that are math geeks out there and did the math real quick in their head, I just want to quantify the last year, the 430 deals we did was with eight agents, not 10. So this year we're going to do over 500. Okay, well, how, what I'm doing in my head works. is, is hey, you know, <laughs> 10,000 uh, commission and what they get percentage wise times 45. That's what I'm curious about. So nobody makes less like everybody here nets and we talk net money because growth yeah. doesn't mean shit in real estate. Excuse right. my French, yeah, but it no. does. Oh, good. Okay. So, so what's the percentage that they get, right? If they, if they do the deal through your systems, they've utilized all the resources, all the money that you've been paying to get them this lead, they got this lead. There's not only is there an 80% chance of them closing it, but they're required to have an 80% chance of them closing it. So it's, a, you know, there's massive pressure there. They're treating it like it's a $2 million listing because they know there's massive accountability and that they're being watched. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I know you're trying to drill down to a percentage, but like I say, we don't really talk in terms of percentages. We do, it's flats. So these guys will make on the team generated stuff roughly. 33 to 3,500 bucks a deal, depending okay. on whether or not they, uh, we also do, uh, have a sort of a platinum program where we up the commission slightly. And then and when they do that, they would get another, uh, 500 bucks. It works out too. When I factor in the deals that they do at 50% and the deals they do that are more closer to 32, 33%, our cost of sale, all including inside sales, everything works out to 42%. Okay. There's the percentage you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. No, that's brilliant. Um, I mean, that's very fair. You know, when I had a big team, I was paying 20% on the listings because all they had to do is go out there, obtain the listing, and bring it back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then we did everything from there. So 40%, I think, is very generous or, or in and around there. I like your flat fees. You know, it obviously helps if you, when you're dealing with some of these super big houses or super expensive houses because. The numbers just get astronomical at that point. And uh, I think everything you do, uh, you know, it sounds very fair. And I like your, I like your percentage of uh, profit too. You know, I think that's, that's about right. Majority of teams doing 5 million GCI a year are, are somewhere between 10 and 30% pretty much always. So, so that's good too. At Rebus University, we seek out the best practices of today's top real estate agents and travel around the world to film them and bring them to you in an educational format. Listen to what one of North Carolina's top REMAX agents has to say about our new certified listing program. Hey, Pat, this is Buddy Blake with REMAX Essential. Uh, it's been a little while since we talked. But I wanted to call you and thank you and your team at uh, Rebus University. We did the Listing Agent University and Listing Specialist course. I did it myself months ago, and I will tell you that that was one of the most informative systems I've ever done. It is meat and potato stuff versus the theoretical bullcrap that you see people say and do and certainly you go to all these conventions and people show you all these whiz bang new ideas this was real in the trenches stuff and uh, i use it myself and you may not even know it but we use it for my team i have a team of about 10 and before i allow buyer agents to take on new listings and become listing agents per se be able to do listings they are required to go through this course also We've expanded it out. I have five REMAX offices. 
and we've got over a hundred agents in our company and a good percentage of them are now taking this course as a training program, especially new agents that we've onboard that are brand new into our system. We require them before they can go on their first listing appointment to take and pass this entire course. It is the best thing that's out there right now. And I want to thank you for putting it together. I'm looking forward to getting involved with some of the other courses and really looking forward to maybe a buyer agent course. That would be wonderful. But uh, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to work with your team. Thank you for taking the time to put it together. It was absolutely fabulous, Pat. Thank you so much. And I just hope you know how much you and your organization means to us. Thank you. For $200 off this program, use coupon code CLA200. The Chantel Ray Five Alive program is now public. Yes, now anybody in the universe can find out what goes on behind the scenes, what the step-by-step procedures are, and what she is doing to grow so many agents making well over six figures a year. For a copy of this program, go to rebusuniversity.com and get $200 off with the coupon code 5ALIVE200. 5ALIVE200. I'll give you 200 bucks off, which is a smoking deal that others will not get, I promise you, in the future. 5ALIVE200. Just the number 5 and the number 200. At rebusuniversity.com. So let's talk technology. So how are you keeping this all together? What kind of technology are you using, first of all, for team management, for team communication, that sort of thing? So this year, we just moved into Infusionsoft. Up until this point, we had been using a combination of follow-up boss and top producer. Mm. But we've outgrown top producer just because the amount of systems that we have and the amount of dashboards that we had to create in Google Docs and the just just the amount of outside things that we had to kind of bring into the ecosystem uh, eventually led us to needing a solution that kind of had it all. And what we found was that Infusionsoft could do everything that we needed. Okay. Yeah. More and more of the top agents that I'm talking to are going to Infusionsoft, which is very interesting because I know it's a very complicated program. I know it's a very expensive program, but they're finding that it works really good for large real estate teams and so much of what we do now is internet based you know with emails and everything's digital so it's a follows right along with infusionsoft well for us the number one thing that we need to make sure we've got is really good tracking and that's where top producer fell down for us is that they just didn't have the tracking capabilities we like to know stuff like you know you obviously want to hold your marketing dollars accountable to a return but you want to know things like which leads uh, generate cash the fastest. You know, if I need to create a big, you know, influx of cash in three months from now, do I, what type of my leads have the highest cash flow conversion? Do I do I run a radio campaign? Do I run a you know a PPC campaign? And so what we you know now we know things like okay, a web lead is typically on a longer cycle than a radio lead, so it costs a little more to get the radio leads in the door, but they're going to be on a six to eight week cash conversion cycle versus a twelve to fifteen, right? So those are the types of decisions you can make when you've got the technology. Yes. 
And uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your radio ads. What, uh, what do they say? What are you doing with them? So we use endorsements, so local talent along with uh, – we have an endorsement through John Tesh who does that Intelligence for Your Life radio show. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all endorsement-based. So uh, the local talent, we pay him a talent fee and he does – you know, anywhere from a 30 to a 60 second spot every morning and every evening. And he just talks about the fact that, you know, we do the home sale guarantee. Uh, so we do offer a, you know, a, uh, we'll get it sold or we'll buy it guarantee. And he talks about that. We send him success stories. You know, we talk about Jan and Phil just had their home on the market for five years with the last agent. He couldn't get it done a week later. They are, they listed with Vantage West and a week later they had their home sold for 102% of asking. Those types of success stories, we always feed them so that he can read them out on the air. And uh, yeah, he just kind of ad-libs it every day but follows a very, you know, formulaic sort of uh, process where he has to make sure he mentions the guarantee, he has to make sure he mentions a success story. But other than that, he can kind of go which any way he wants. We get a lot of, uh, a lot of leads from that. Okay. Yeah, that's um, very neat. Very neat. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, okay, so would you say that's your number one uh, source of listings is a radio? Other than, yeah, radio. say, sphere of influence, circle of influence? Radio and TV definitely drives. It's. I mean, it all kind of is part and parcel. We do radio, television, and billboard, and it all surrounds the uh, guaranteed sale. Yeah. And so we've created sort of a multi-pronged approach with the guaranteed sale, and, and that does generate a lot of our listings okay now let's talk about on the phone what sort of technology are you guys using on your phones that's helping you in your business the inside sales agents are using turbo dialer and that seems to work pretty well and integrates well into infusionsoft and that's right on their cell phones, so they can just do it all right there they don't have to be in the office huh correct yeah but we do want them in the office but they can absolutely if they need to be doing it from their cell they can our agents themselves don't do a lot of calling or outbound calling anyhow so mostly everything, all the signed calls, everything all comes through the office. So, I mean, it really just needs to be our inside sales agents that are sharp, really sharp on the phone with the technology and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about investing, you know, of the money that you're profiting. How, what it, We like to talk, call it LTI, which is left to invest. How much is left over for you at the end of the day, at the end of the year, to invest in things? In terms of investing in real estate or investing and in just the team? investing, oh. like you know, let's say you make a million bucks, you pay three hundred in taxes, you pay two hundred in expenses to take your family on vacations and clothes and all that crap, and then you have five hundred left. That would be that would be your LTI would be five hundred thousand. So of the million that you make, what is your LTI? So I do a I have a profit share. I like to do a nice distribution to some of my senior people, I take 20% of the, of the profit and I do a distribution. So 200 grand gets distributed amongst four people. So they get a nice 50 K whack and they enjoy that. Yeah. I also, if the team hits the goal, like last year, our goal was 425. And like I say, we did 430. I took everybody away uh, and their plus ones to, we went to Mexico. Mm. So that costs, that costs 65 grand. And we gave about 50 K to, uh, to charity as well, locally. So if you take the 200 in distributions and, you know, call it another 120 in, uh, and those are expenses, those are pre-tax expenses. So my tax bill is not 300 grand. We get it down pretty close. We, we have it down around, you know, 
our tax bill is probably maybe 150. So at the end of it, we're yeah, you're, you're probably right on the money at the hundred or at the 500,000 in terms of what we we truly keep. And then what are, what are you doing with that? You buying real estate? You yeah, stock we, market? We, what are you doing? But well, we bought a building to. We've got three years left on the lease that we're in here, so we bought a piece of property that we're going to rezone and do a uh, a nice mixed use building with us as the anchor tenant in the basement. So that'll oh, be cool. Sweet, not the basement, the ground, ground floor. Yeah, so we invested in that. I, I buy a lot of real estate. I I'm always I've always got a couple of deals <laughs> in escrow, so this money's always pre spent. So, but I, I hide it from myself well by by buying a lot of real estate. <laughs> do you buy? Do you, now? Do you end up buying houses because of your guaranteed buy much? No, almost never. We've, uh, I mean, it's an upmarket product. I mean, when it, when it's a seller's market, that's when we, we use that product yeah. because we are, our, our guarantee is very aggressive. We guarantee to buy it at 96% of the appraised value. So I would maybe buy one a year. Wait a minute, you guarantee we, to buy? Yeah. No. It's re- most of the guarantees that you hear, especially the ones in the U.S., are like a total bait and switch. Yeah, hundred percent bait and switch. They're like sixty-five to seventy yeah, percent of the appraised. You can't value. get away with that in Canada. People, you, they, especially nowadays with, uh, you know, especially when you're marketing it online on Facebook and that, they would eat you alive if so, that was your guarantee. So you're going ninety-six, and you're still not buying any. No, I mean, really, wow. the way that it works is we've got because we've got a large team, like half of our listings we sell in house to one another but what what we'll do is we'll put uh, we'll put the property on on sale right at the appraised value and 70% of the time it'll sell within the first week that's just the mm. market that we wow, have you're our market, a hot market now yeah it's a hot market for sure and we do a whole you know pre-launch pre-MLS launch that we'll do which takes seven or eight days prior to it going live and we've done you know a fair amount of marketing before it goes live so we create a bit of a launch and some pent-up demand before it goes live that typically will push our properties into multiple offers the ones that don't i mean i've had some of them go down to the wire we make an offer uh let's say on the 29th day for example of the 96 percent, but that offer closes in 90 days our customers like this because it gives them actually it gives them time to go out and find their next property and they can buy as though they're cash buyers so what usually happens is I've made lots of offers and they're, they're subject free offers to them. They can go to their banker, arrange their inter alia financing or their interim financing and uh, go out and buy. And then lo and behold, a week later, two weeks later, who cares, even five weeks later, another offer comes in and uh, takes, takes me out and, uh, and away they go. Customer thinks we're heroes because we enabled them to move forward. We backstopped the whole thing, but it's very, very rare that we end up having to buy one. And when we do, we look at it as marketing. Like it's, it is. Uh, it's a good. It's a good thing for us to to maybe buy one a year just to keep the uh, you know to validate the program. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, that's great. I mean, if you could do that, like you said, as soon as the market starts shifting and four percent's not a lot, no. <laughs> you know, you could end up buying a lot more. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess you'll see that coming, and you'll make adjustments oh, yeah. uh, at that point. You just drop it down to eighty eighty six percent instead of ninety six. It's not too hard to do, you know. You know what you can do, Pat, though? I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't want to buy the property, you can uh, first you can drop the price by the 4% that you've got it so to try and generate interest. Then you can start to give away your commission as well uh, in, or, in an effort not to sell it. So you've still got another 5% there roughly that you can drop the price. So if it gets down to the, you know, you're getting towards the end of the 90 days, you need to throw a Hail Mary, you can drop your commission. Worst case scenario, if you needed to, you could drop it by another 10 grand and rather than close on it and pay taxes and lawyers and all that stuff, just you know, just make up the difference for the, for the seller and pay them 10 grand. I mean, that would be, you know, probably 
better than buying it. In Worst case, cases. right? So yeah. You have, you have some maneuverability with yeah. the program as you get closer to the end of the 90 days. The truth is it just doesn't get there very often. I mean, not everybody takes the takes the program because even though it sounds great, it is great. It does force them to actually start at appraised value. And what any agent listening to this call knows is that most sellers have a slightly high, more optimistic view of what their home should sell for and they need to try it. Well, the minute they want to try that optimistic price, they forfeit the ability to get the guarantee. So 70% of our leads that we get, once they find out that it, we have to price it right at the appraised value, they go, well, I want to kind of try it, you know, a little more. Okay, great. Well, we can do a standard listing. That's no problem. And away you go. But it's not out of integrity for us because it was them that chose to be, you know, optimistic with their pricing. It wasn't us that, you know, presented a goofy program to them, you know, where we asked them to sell their home to us for 70% of the value or something like that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. So um, a lot of people come on this show and, you know, talk about their successes and things that are going great. I, I think that agents can learn both from success and from failure. Can, can you tell us a story, AJ, of a failure that you've had and what you've learned from that so that our, our listeners can learn too? Absolutely. I mean, I've had my share of failures, no question. I think the one that uh, stands out to me was something that happened back in 2007 when things were really hot. I um, I had an assistant that was handling, uh, you know, as a busy agent, we can all relate to this, that was handling a lot of items for me. And an offer came in on one of my listings. And lo and behold, another offer came in uh, the next day as a backup. And they knew they were a backup, but unfortunately, the uh, the offer that came in as a backup did not reference the first one. It didn't say subject to the collapse of the uh, of the first one. So everybody that was involved in this knew the score. They all knew you know who was in first and who was in second. But the paperwork did not reflect that arrangement. And the guy that was in second place on it talked to a lawyer, and it went. Uh, the lawyer advised him that you had every bit as much right to buy that property as the first guy, and it went into litigation. Mm. This caused a lot of a lot of stress for both my client because they were doing a flip. So the property was vacant, costing them, you know, they had hard money on it. It's cost them three or four grand a month. Wow. So I had to, you know, I, I was ended, I ended up paying their mortgage because I felt so bad over the six or seven months that this carried on. And then eventually, of course, uh, you know, there was a complaint that went through the real estate council and I had the egg on my face that came from that. And I thought that, uh, you know, at that point in time, like it, it was. I felt like the whole thing, everything was coming to to a screeching halt for me. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I Yeah. No. I got. Uh, I got fired from Remax. It was. A, it was a ugly oh, scenario. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. It was. It was ugly, and that's what really precipitated me starting my own brokerage. In all. In all actuality, I had always had the dream, but I was only 25 at the time. I thought, well, that'll be later, and then it uh, changed. Of that. That plan changed real quick when I was nuclear and without a home. So I had to create one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so it might be obvious, but just in case, what, so like, what were the lessons you took out of there and what would you never do again? Or what, how have you changed your personal policies? You can never outsource to an assistant, no matter how good they are, your core competency, which is to do your due diligence on the contracts and to make sure the contracts are ironclad. You know, it's not something I'm proud of, but I, this assistant was so good and so valuable to me that I, I just, I had a lot of faith that, and I was, you know, doing everything from the phone and, and talking to her saying, okay, well, what, you know, what's the contract say, blah, blah, blah. And she was giving me highlights and I wasn't actually reading it. And so you, you just have to, you can never, I don't think anybody on this call would be so stupid, but the big advice that I would give is never outsource your core competency, which is, and if you are going to outsource it, make sure that person's licensed, carries a broker's license and, and, uh, you know, you trust them implicitly, but never to an unlicensed assistant. 
Right. Yeah. I think that's the key, right? Because if they are licensed, then it becomes their problem, their license. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily with the broker, but but it does protect you a little bit for sure. But anyways, another level. Awesome. Okay. So AJ, let's finish this up with our flagship question. And that is this. If I put AJ on an island, and now this is not a deserted island. This is an island with a lot of commerce. People are buying and selling houses. There's a lot of money being made. I'm going to take you and I'll put you on an island with nine other real estate agents. Uh, we're going to make it a game show. Each agent gets a $1,000 cash. They get a laptop, computer, and they get a cell phone. Whoever sells the least amount of houses in a week gets thrown off the game show. Who's ever left at the end of the 10 weeks is the winner of a million dollars. How is AJ going to win this million dollar prize and sell more houses than nine other agents? <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'd have to think, okay, I've got a thousand bucks. I would want to try and figure out what the lowest cost leads I could generate are. And I don't think there's anything lower cost than leads you can generate through Facebook. So I would create a budget of a thousand bucks to basically go after and target the people of my island. I would have a maybe a lead magnet, a question or an article or something that they wanted in exchange. I'd, you know, whatever would be the five deadly mistakes everyone makes before they sell their home or something to that effect. I'd figure out what was applicable to this island culture, and uh, I would market it to my people on Facebook. I, whatever my budget, however many days I have to stay on this island for, I'd, I'd create the budget. And I would be really good at converting. They'd be sending these leads to a squeeze page and be great on my scripts and converting these people to appointments. And I'd be great at my presentation. And I would, uh, you know, I'd be looking to get my leads down to 15 bucks a lead, which means I could probably generate anywhere from 60 to 70 leads. And of those leads, I could probably get 10% of them to come into the office. So I got six or seven. I'm going to convert 80% of those. I'll make sure I, with my thousand bucks, I can do four or five deals. No question. That's good. That's good. I think you'll win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, AJ, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day. I know you've got a million things going on. I'm going to put all of AJ's information on hybendigital.com backslash AJ Hazzy and it's H-A-Z-Z-I. AJ, thanks so much again. And uh, if I'm ever in British Columbia, we'll, we'll get together and break some bread, my friend. Sounds good, Pat. Thanks for having me, buddy. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face to face someday. But in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.